Hi, I'm Porig Walsh and you're very welcome to the podcast series all about this. Our mission is to explore the subject of disability in Ireland today. I'll be chatting with people with exceptional ability, their families, policymakers and clinicians working in the field. We hope that these conversations will inform, inspire and sometimes challenge current thinking on disability. We're all about this and we're glad that you are too. We once again head to Carmona Special School in Glenageary to chat special education. This time we talk with some of the teachers and special needs assistants who on a daily basis provide the education and support to children. We explore what it's like to teach someone who has special education needs and what are the qualities and skills you need to have. All about this. Today we're joined by Jen and Jen's working as a teacher in, in the school. So Jen, tell us a little bit about your journey to this role. Um, so I used to work with children who had um, complex medical needs, doing recreational work with them. And I really, really loved that. And it was all around building their confidence and trying to let them see their abilities, regardless of the new needs that had come up for them through their medical needs. And so I loved that, but it was kind of really up and down and I didn't feel like I was getting to build on one individual enough because it was really short periods of time. So then I started looking into special ed and discovered that I could come straight into that without having to do mainstream first. (laughs) So uh, yeah, that spurred me on. And so then I went and did a bit of a volunteering in a school and decided that Severe Profound was exactly what I wanted to do. And I've not looked back. Why supporting children or teaching children with Severe Profound disabilities as opposed to going into a mainstream setting? I don't know. I suppose I just love the challenge of, I love when you're watching a child who doesn't have a typical communication system And they're trying to tell you something. And I think if you get that spark of being able to work out what they're trying to tell you from their behaviours, you just couldn't get that reward in a mainstream skill. What kind of values do you bring to your your job or what kind of approaches do you think are important in your job? I think I feel very honoured to be in the job. I think I'm really privileged to be around individuals who have overcome obstacles that I can't even imagine having overcome. So... I try to, I suppose, treat each of the pupils with the respect that they've earned to get to this point in the first place. I think as well, it's really important to role model the kind of energy that you want to see from them. So being positive and uh, supportive with everything. I think it's just a general respect, really. Just trying to look for the actual person and seeing beyond all of the other stuff that comes with that. Because when you see the person, the other stuff doesn't matter anyway. So Some of the people listening mightn't understand what we mean when we say severe to profound disability. What what does that mean? Can you just describe what the, the children that you teach, how that can affect them? Yeah, so I suppose it, with everything else, it's just another label. But it's beneficial because it means that they get needs addressed that they need. But how that presents is obviously really different with every individual. So for some children, it might be that they have a severe communication difficulty. So they might be nonverbal. They might um, only make sounds like vocalizations. They might not have eye contact. They might not follow all the typical communication rules that we would know or they might have um, particularly if they would have a profound disability it would be quite often interlinked with medical needs and physical demands on them but there's just a million things I mean it could be a processing it takes them a lot longer to process information um, they could get a lot of sensory overload from the world they experience light sound all those different things in a completely different way than we do and then socially they may not want to or enjoy 
being around people as much as we might or they might but in a completely different way and so yeah it just depends how it affects the individual really and do you think if you went back to mainstream teaching would there be any values or skills that you took from special ed that you'd bring to that setting oh god yeah so i think the biggest thing would be looking for it's it's kind of a cliche in special ed but it is looking for that message behind behaviors that you might see so especially in a typical maybe more old-fashioned mainstream approach would be that everybody has to follow the exact same rules and they have to respond in the exact same way to everything and in special ed that's very different it's very unique everyone has their own expectations and they work within that and so I think if I was to go back to mainstream I think I would just be quicker to wonder why somebody was doing something so say they were kicking off about something or they were dropping their pen all the time or they were pulling someone's hair or just anything they were doing I think I'd be quicker to work out why they were doing that and what was causing them to do that and try and look at the root of that instead of just expecting them to respond to me demanding them to do something. Where do you see the school's responsibility in supporting a family and promoting that broader societal inclusion and education of people who don't necessarily interact with people with disabilities every day? Yeah, I think it's huge. Like, I think it's over and above the basic contract like requirements of a school and a teacher and all of those things. But that's why people that are in special ed are generally very special people because they go above and beyond that all the time. And I think with that, we need to be, we need to advocate for it, basically, because there's a lot of people who haven't had the privilege of working and really getting to know people with a disability. And so a lot of the time, if you came into our setting, it could be very noisy or it could be very messy or it could be, and it can be intimidating for people. But because we work with these individuals every day, you understand it and you see the people and you see everything they're getting from that. So you you get it. So I think it's to try as a school, we need to open our doors to let people see that and get it as much as they can without knowing the person, you know. You mentioned about the school opening its doors and, and having people in. Where do you see the up the opposite going where people who are in special ed schools are contributing to the community or even in finding themselves included in mainstream school settings. Uh, we would quite often get students in their TY year come in here and support some of our pupils and I 100% think that it's the TY students that get a lot more from that than it is our pupils. Like it's always great to have helping hands, but those students, they get to see the positives of this and they get to understand that an intellectual disability is just one thing. They get to see beyond that. And I think that's a life lesson for them. So for us to go into the community, um, there's a lot with that even for like even things like our the cafe across the road like they know how to work with us now they know how to approach us they know how to communicate with us properly and that's so much for them because that enhances their lives as well to be able to do that and to be able to relate to people from a whole range of experiences to go into a mainstream school if it was to happen in a kind of group setting I think it could be great because I think our pupils like I said they've come over so much and they they're just great like they're so bubbling with positivity and inspiration all the time so for other people to get to experience that in any way is great if you had to identify some of the key values that somebody with special education should have and qualities and skills what would be the things that you'd look for patience would be probably your first thing because you have to try something that you think is going to help you tap into that person's needs And then you have to accept that that's not going to work 
26,000 times and then you have to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying and know that whenever you do get tapped in there's the best feeling in the world and the person that you're working with appreciates you so much for it and um, so the patience to keep doing that the patience to understand that you know somebody might respond negatively to something that you're doing and to understand that that's not about you it's about stuff that they've got going on with them and it could be a sensory overload for them or anything um I think you also have to get rid of any inhibitions that you've got you have to be ready to jump around and dance around and make a load of noise and act a bit crazy and everyone's going to see you doing that and you're going to definitely get messy and that's okay because you can't be reserved in this job if you're reserved then you miss it you miss out and everything so um to get the best out of them you have to be the best in yourself which is just letting it all go really um and when you're ready to do that you have a load of fun they have a load of fun and then you get to see who they are and then you get to improve their skills really and that's the only way you can do it and I think you have to be creative like I'm in no way arty or anything like that but like creative in a problem solving kind of way you have to be able to look at something and think about why it's not working and what else you could change to say somebody that um is really really struggling to go into the hall for social things you need to think about okay is it the feeling of the floor? Is it that it's too noisy? Is it that somebody's in there that they don't get on with? Is it that they really would prefer to go somewhere else? Is it that they had a bad experience there before? Is it that the lights are too bright? Is it that they don't like the smell? You have to think about everything. And then once you finally do think you've worked it out, you have to then try and come up with a solution around that. And then again, you have to come up with a thousand other ones when that one doesn't work. So I think you just have to keep creativity and teamwork as well. Oh my God, like teamwork is such a big thing because you need to be able to sit down with your team of people around you and just thrash all of that stuff out and be willing to say, okay, put my hands up. That was a terrible idea. Totally didn't work. What have we got? and kind of put it out there and I think that's really hard actually for teachers because our whole training is you're at the front of the classroom you're the leader you're this and you're that and when special ed you have to be okay with saying look we're all trying our best I need you to help me here and I don't know what I'm doing with this so and that's hard what are the challenges that you feel are most prominent in your role uh time I just want more and more time like I think I spend Anytime I'm not doing work, I spend time thinking about all the stuff I wish I'd done or I could do. Or I think we're really, really lucky in our skill, our principal values, input with the pupils. So we don't have to do, we have to do a certain amount of paperwork, but we, we don't have to do unnecessary paperwork. So we do get a lot of the time actually just doing what we need to do and working with these pupils and getting to know them. She puts a lot of value in relationship. But there's just so, there's always going to be a million meetings and a million things coming up and things that come out of that. And you just every time you go away if you could just have one pupil I don't think you would ever get your list of everything done done to give them their very very best so it's challenging to kind of prioritize I suppose what's needed for everyone and also juggling because you've got four or five individuals who all have very specific needs all in one space so you've got to try and create an environment out of that space that suits all of those all at the same time and doesn't annoy other ones for other reasons so juggling that can be hard and I mean particularly when you're then thinking about resources and not having like not having enough SNAs or not having the people around or those things are really hard because you need people that you can rely on and people that are trustworthy and they know their job it's a very highly skilled job so to not have that 
is really challenging at times. It's challenging that you can't, you have to accept that you can't control everything because there's times, like you were saying earlier, you're kind of involved holistically. So you're involved with the families a lot as well. And that's great. And it's a real privileged part of the job. But then when you are looking at, you're trying to get other services involved or you're trying to help the families in other ways. And sometimes you come across red tape or you come across hurdles and you can't control that because that's not your area. And that's really, really frustrating because all you, you can see maybe a solution to a problem and you can't reach it for whatever reason that would be. And like things like respite is a huge issue for all of our families and the money and funding. There's loads of things like that that really anger me so I suppose to answer your question I'm challenged at not shouting at people <laughs> in meetings <laughs> so that leads us nicely on to how would you like to see special education improve over the next 10 to 20 years I'd like to see it celebrated I'd like to see it as an exciting amazing thing that's happening every single day and just appreciated for what it is and not a lot of the time we are given mainstream resources mainstream curriculums mainstream ideas and we're expected to just change them and adapt them for special needs and I don't see why we should because we're working with people who are entitled to their own curriculum their own resources their own services and as much as anyone else is like I wouldn't expect a four-year-old in a mainstream school to do what a 12-year-old is doing and it's the same way that I wouldn't expect children with these needs I wouldn't expect one classroom here to do the same as the other classroom or one individual to the same as the other individual so I think in a country-wide kind of bigger scale expectations need to be more individualized I suppose we need to be getting our own stuff that we can adapt to suit these individuals and not be constantly taking this mass produced thing and trying our very best we should have our own thing that works for everybody like our curriculum is a huge thing we're constantly grabbing other little bits of curriculums and putting it together as best we can and I know there's a great new curriculum coming up for the junior cycle tell us a little bit about that (laughs) well we are hoping that in September there's going to be a level one coming out for the junior cycle curriculum which is going to be amazing because it's the first time ever there'll be a national curriculum for children of that age and then when they do their three or five years of that program they then graduate with a certificate that's nationally recognized as a national award and the fact that that's never happened before is nuts because everyone's entitled to that education it's a part of it but they have to go past that because now it's here so that's great it finally addresses a lot of things that they need to do like It focuses on life skills and communication skills and things that are worthy of their time rather than wasting their time on us getting over ourselves. Jen, (laughs) Jen, thanks so much for being all about this and we're really grateful for your time. No problem, thank you. We're all about this! So within a special education setting, there's not just teachers, but there's also what we call special needs assistants or SNAs. And we've been joined by two, Megan and Margaret here. So, um... Margaret, tell us about your journey to becoming an SNA. I first started in um, 24 years ago in St John of God's. I then decided when I had my two children to transfer to becoming an SNA, which was obviously 14 years ago. The real reason that I started to do it was because my sister has two autistic sons. And that was why I wanted to do it, to find out more about it and what it involved. So you worked with adults and then you moved to work with children. How was that different? It was a bit different as in um, the smaller children, their needs are different. Their needs are more and they rely on you more. 
a little bit more challenging as well. A lot of the adults now, where their toileting had been done, with the smaller children now, it was literally starting from basics. Toileting, uh, feeding, you know, just learning their needs as much as anything, you know. So tell us about what an SNA does in a in a special education school. Well, depending on what class you're into, what class you put into, they go from four years of age up to 18. From the four years of age, it's really just getting to know that child, getting to know their different needs, like, I mean, the Down syndrome, autistic, all the different needs of the child. It's really starting from the beginning. So tell me, how did you end up working in this role as a special needs assistant? Um, well, I first started volunteering here. My mum works as a special needs assistant, so she got me in volunteering. Not against my will, but <laughs> she made me. <laughs> and then I ended up realising, I knew I always wanted to work with children. I'd done childcare, that's what I wanted to do. But when I came in, volunteering then I actually realised how much I liked it and I was a bit nervous coming in I wasn't didn't really know what to expect and then I ended up loving it Did you work in childcare before you went into the special ed? I'd worked in creches yeah And how is it different to to those kinds of settings? Well I think there's a lot less children I don't know it was there's a lot more children just running around the place and this was less children still just as busy and I suppose where you're talking about special needs, that there are there are needs that are special. Can you tell me a little bit about those extra support needs that the children you work with have? So in the class that I'm in at the moment, we'd have a lot of pictures being used because they're nonverbal, um, toilet training, feeding, just day to day having the same structure and the same routine just for them to be happy in themselves. And what do you think is the most important part uh, of your job or that you expect the kids to achieve or to feel at the end of their day? Just, I think, to be happy and to be comfortable. Um, It takes them a lot longer maybe to learn a skill. So I think a lot of the time it's for us to have patience and to just keep persevering with it. And I think sometimes it's easy for me to maybe just automatically want to do it because it's quicker but it's just remembering to, as much as you're there the whole way, to step back at the same time as being there, yeah. just to be present without being for like on top of them. So being present without being on top is it is a, a way that you support the child in the class? Um, yeah, well, some, a lot of it can be just saying, you've got this, well done, keep going. Maybe it's just sitting there silently or just pointing to something. And just to keep going. We spotted the blue guy inside the door and he's really prominent and that it's be openly positive. And you were talking there about encouraging kids. How have that kind of approach impacted on the, the school? Well, I think with that it coming into the school, even the staff are just a lot more relaxed. They don't maybe, so it's transferring onto the children. There's not as much this needs to happen now or it's just everybody take your time relax focus on what you're doing and keep going because we are doing it it's just keep going with what you're doing beforehand we tried to maybe get as much as we could done in the day because that's what you needed to do rather than it's okay if we get two things done today once they have done them and they are happy with what's been done Uh, you mentioned margaret that your sister has two sons with autism what kind of things did you learn from from taking the job as an sna that have maybe helped your sister and with her sons well she actually encouraged me 
to become an SNI because I remember when I was deciding what to do when I left, I was actually going to leave John of God's and she says to me, would you not do this, you know? And um, I used to take the eldest boy, who's now 28, down on weekends and he actually learned me more. A lot of stuff, you know, that, that I didn't know but um, he was told, Alice, my sister, was told that when she he was three years of age that he would absolutely offer nothing to society. As I say, he's, he's in his 20s now and he works in Tesco's. He's, he's verbal. And the other little lad, Tiernan, who's coming along is exactly the same because she has worked so hard. And then what I've learned in the school, I've also helped her. But she's like, she's a model mum to any mother that has children with autism. She has worked solely for it and she does a lot of stuff in Belfast with mothers as well. And when I go up sometimes, whether she'll bring me along and I'll sit in in the talks, it's fantastic, you know, that she has taught me so much that I think that I've brought to the school. What were, what were those things that you learned um, that you brought to the school? Well, when I first came to the school, as Megan says, a lot of it was, was get, the, get the stuff done, get the stuff done. But I've always learned over the years that, you know, give them the time, sit and even if they're not verbal, let them tell you, which they do a lot of these kids. Even if it's like they come over, they're not talking, they'll make an eye contact with you. They'll take you. A lot of the kids now were, who are not verbal would take me by the hand now and show me certain things, you know, in the class. Where Sean used to do that when he was very, very young. So I'm, I would like literally say, well, no, he's actually showing us what to do or she's showing us what to do. Give her or him the time to show us. And it has really, you know... I think of a little bit I've brought, you know, some of the girls say, well, what, what, what's he doing? Or what's she? Or he's telling you, you know, just little things, yeah. little steps. And what's your favourite thing about being a special needs assistant? Uh, if they're coming in with a smile on their face and they're going home with a smile on their face and you've, you've achieved something. Even it's like we've one little child at the moment now who four weeks ago we started the toilet train who the mother thought under no circumstances would it ever happen. And it's starting to click with them. And that makes us happy. Mm. Yeah. We're so happy. We're just like, oh my God, and the clapping's going on. You know, it's just little things, yeah. you know, that you see. And then my mum comes in and she can't believe what's happening that she thought never would have happened. You know, yeah. just little things. Yeah. Every day, there's something. If it's literally them looking at you, them smiling, them just being them, even the good and the bad and the all in between, it's just brilliant. Like, it is really good. I do love them. Margaret and Megan, thank you for being all about this. <laughs> Hope I win something for this. <laughs> We're all about this. And that's it for this episode of All About This. Remember, you can get in touch and continue the conversation with us on Facebook and Twitter and find out more on allaboutthis.com. Thanks to our producer, Amy O'Dwyer at Trees Road Productions. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>